Unexplained phenomena. Yeah. Part three, actually. And this is one of my favorite series to do. We kind of just do a bunch of different things, like things that we can't necessarily do a full episode on, but things that we still find interesting and think you guys would find interesting. And yeah, I really love doing these. It's super fun. Yes. There's lots of interesting things. And today we're going to kind of take a little travel around the world and see some phenomena happening in some other countries, um, not just the United States. So, I'm actually really excited to talk about some of these because they are very interesting. They really are. You know, maybe you haven't heard about them. So we'll have to wait and see. But we want to go ahead and get into today's woke news topics. First, number one story is I am actually very alarmed about this 5G. Hang on. Before we start, I just (laughs) before we start, just let me throw this in there real fast. I have been... um, streaming our woke news topics on our Instagram account for anyone that wants to follow it. I just wanted to mention that because I know a lot of you would probably want to see it and don't know that I'm doing that. So that is at mile higher podcast on Instagram, which we're going to try to be doing some more live experiences for y'all. So yeah, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe some live streaming of the entire show and maybe some other things too later on. So that is what we're trying to do. But anyways, back to woke news. I was going to, mentioned that like i'm very worried about this 5g rollout that's happening with uh, the wireless networks and all the wireless radiation that's going to be created as a result um there's a lot of stories i'm seeing every week of various you know lots of citizens and other scientists and experts uh professors things like that that study this for a living literally warning us Mm -hmm. telling us like guys this is this could be really bad for our health like and the health of the public and they're not doing any sort of testing uh biological testing before they roll this out they're already doing it right now like pretty sure verizon's gonna be the first 5g like official network which is so scary you'd think that someone's keeping that kind of thing in check but it seems like they're just doing whatever the hell they want no they yeah i mean these these cellular corporations are doing whatever they want clearly we got a lot of feedback when we talked about this last time, a lot of concern and people who had no idea that this was coming or that it could affect your health. I think everyone's kind of known that like cell phones can obviously like affect we've, you know, there's a lot of studies about how it affects your brain and stuff, but this is a whole new ball game. This 5g, cause this is, this is like really intense. This can definitely. Yeah. And I mean this, so to just put this into perspective, you know, like I said, professors at universities that study biochemistry, medical sciences, things like that are literally coming forth with all these scientific papers and research showing that the levels at which 5G will transmit at and all these other facets of, you know, f- having five gigahertz, um, you know, radiation and cell signal going out everywhere, you know, is going to have some detrimental health effects to anybody living near it, which is really crazy. And in fact, one professor at Washington State University, Ms. Uh, Dr. Martin Paul, actually quoted saying, putting in tens of millions of 5G antenna without a single biological test of safety has got to be the stupidest idea anyone has had in the history of the world. It seems like the stupidest. I, I, I mean, honestly, it could be. I mean, if this really fucks like, up a ton of people, it could be like the dumbest thing anyone has ever done. Well, I mean, just talking about um, I read another article. There was. Because like right now we talked about the school, how at right. most schools out there, actually, there's some type of antenna there. So let's recap that for people that didn't hear about okay. that. I don't remember what state that was in. Do you? 
Uh, California, I believe. Was it in California? There was so. a school um, that they had a, was it T-Mobile working with them or AT&T? Sprint. It, oh, Sprint. Okay. <laughs> I was definitely wrong on that. Um, but Sprint had paid them like $2,000 a month to the entire district to have a cell phone tower on the school grounds. And it's big. It's a big old thing. And this Multiple one kid. Multiple antennas on it too. So let me kind of explain what what it really is exactly so okay. there's something there's cell towers and then there's actually antennas on the towers mm-hmm. so just because there's a cell tower doesn't mean that there's just one antenna there there could be a bunch of different networks antennas there that all use the same cell tower does that make sense yes so in reality you could be thinking oh i'm just living to one antenna one tower but in you know actually there's like 20 or 10 or whatever other additional antennas on the tower all radiating all this radiation from this one specific point. Oh, that's insane. And with 5G, it's just magnified to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. And the fact that like cell companies, when they advertise 5G, they never tell you about any of the effects that could happen or safety risks involved with rolling this out to everybody. Yeah. No. At all. Mm-mm. It's completely I mean, people would why even would know they? About this. There would be more, you know, uprise. People would be more against them putting something like that in. Which I right. think is insane that they're only paying them two thousand dollars for the whole yeah. district. What? For like possibly hurting harming the kids? This makes no sense. Well yeah, four so kids got cancer. Four kids ended up with cancerous tumors that they think are related back to this cell phone tower. And so they haven't taken it down, have they? No. Insane. No, and there's is there any at the schools on by our, in our neighborhood. There's literally yeah. cell towers. It's fucking weird. And antennas, a bunch of antennas. And what's interesting is, you know, it's not just 5G that's going to have this effect. It's already been affecting these cell towers and antennas where they are right now in schools, fire stations, neighborhoods mm-hmm. are affecting those right next to it, you know, as we speak. Even with 4G or 3G, it's still if you're close enough you're still going to get a long-term effect. So for example, Mm -hmm. there is a fire station recently that, you know, a bunch of the guys were having all these sorts of mental problems as far as, you know, sleep apnea, depression, uh, headaches, migraines, mental issues. Yeah. All these different uh, neurological things. And they started looking at their brains and they realized that the antenna was causing the radiation from the antenna was actually altering the neurological um, parts of the brain that, you know, give you those types of symptoms. So, That's so interesting because I wonder, like sometimes I've wondered in our last apartment, I could not sleep. I had major insomnia in the last apartment. Do you remember that? Like versus like the place before that I didn't really have that. But the last apartment I had crazy. I was up all night, all the time. I could not sleep. And since we've moved into our house, I haven't had that issue. I wonder if we were close to a tower or anything or if that's possible. We are surrounded by them. Were we? We're literally surrounded. Like if you live in any sort of municipal city even town area that's like a, a decent amount of people there i thought maybe we were like right towers. next to one yeah no absolutely i haven't looked up our address yet so there's a website antennasearch.com ah. you can type in your address and it'll actually show you what wow. towers are around you and how many antennas and who owns them i wonder hmm. so i did it around here and there was like we're like <laughs> in the middle of a circle of them wow and if you think about it, they're all radiating out <sighs> And I mean, the, the companies will say, well, the levels are not enough to cause any harm to you immediately, but nobody <laughs> knows really the they long term effects. It yeah. hasn't been that long since Mm-mm. we've had cell. So none of us 50, hundred years down the road, we could all have like cancer and whatever else because of these antennas and towers from 
years and years and years of being exposed to radiation, especially 5G. I mean, 5G is a the different sad level. thing is, I think the average person would prefer. I hope, I mean, maybe I have no faith in humanity, but I feel like the average person nowadays would rather have faster working phones and internet than them take the time to make sure this is safe. Right. And like that's if the there thing was a vote, too, people they would they're not choose testing that. it as far as I know. Mm-mm. So I bet people would rather have the speeds, especially because they probably don't know enough. But well, yeah, I, I mean, like the public then, doesn't know about this. That's the thing is if if they were talking about this on, you know, the mainstream media websites and CNN yeah. and Fox News or whatever. No. Yeah. As much as I mean, they might have mentioned it. I feel like before, most people but, don't know the difference between 3G and 4G and 5G. Before we did our last episode on this, I didn't even really know. I didn't really un- even understand that. It's the pulsation levels. It's like all these factors from two, three or a three, four, five G there's all these factors that, you know, get increased each time you kind of move up to the next level. Hmm. The number of antennas go up, the higher energy outputs outputs will be used to ensure penetration. So they're going to try to penetrate with better signal inside buildings, you know, cause all of us hate like bad service inside a building, you know, yeah. nothing's worse than having no service in some like random office building. You happen to be at for an appointment or something and you can't fucking look at Twitter without it just sitting there spinning. Yeah. Oh, annoying. And I'm like, God, T-Mobile. I'm always like cussing out T-Mobile. I'm like, but whatever. God, I'd rather like not have cancer. You my- think about it's like, God, 5G will get you a real nice signal in there, but could be cooking your brain while it's out. Oh, that's awful. That's that, again, that's an exaggeration. <laughs> not hopefully I'm not scaring anybody, but Oh, I'm sure you are. <laughs> I'm sure you are. But here's actually eight ways how 5G adversely affects human health. Just so you know. Cuz I mean the purpose of this though is to get the information out there so people yeah. can no, we can important. go to these companies and demand them do safety tests and demand them show us the evidence that this is not going to be harmful to our health long term, mm-hmm. which I don't think they can produce, but <laughs> Or go to your politicians because like the government can actually regulate this better than they do and actually mm-hmm. enforce them or force to them to make, give us a safety yeah. report. And Test make, it better. I mean, that's what the government's supposed to do is look out for your safety and your health, right? Yeah, they're so worried about people <laughs> right? smoking marijuana. So dangerous, guys. Yeah, and so many other things, too. It's oh, just like, so many other things that it's like they're up in our shit about and then they could give a fuck about things like this. The corporations that fund the government... It's like getting away with it. Okay. So the whole, you know, putting fluoride in the water thing that's mm-hmm. for our teeth. Like if there's, if they're that concerned about our teeth, you think they'd be really concerned about our fucking brains. Just saying like, well, just I mean, saying. if they don't care, <laughs> care about your, you know, pineal gland, then they probably won't care about your brain. So I guess that, oh, that is in the brain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was confusing. <laughs> wow, just All right. So then the different things that can happen to you, lowered fertility, fertility, <sighs> Dude, the whole population has been the fertility rates have been slowly declining yeah, yeah. over time. A lot of that could, I mean, for all we know, a lot of that could be due to all of our exposure to Probably cell so radiation from wireless radiation. From Probably a bunch of shit that we're just doing. Humans are just so messed up. Humans are constantly ruining our own lives. Like well, we're literally just, our own worst enemies. I mean, if you look at it from the flip side, though, I think we're always trying to push the envelope and, and push technology forward. And yeah, that, you know, from a technological perspective, it's really cool. What 5g yeah. is going to be able to be capable of for sure speed wise and the coverage and more people are going to have internet than I ever know, but before. Is it worth us getting cancer? But if there's, yeah, there's long term risks. Is it worth it? Yeah. No, 
especially if we don't know what's going to happen. I feel like that's like a tale. Like, you know how there's in Greek mythology, there's like tales of, for (laughs) instance, the one that happened, the legend of Atlantis, like Poseidon Mm -hmm. wiped them out because they were greedy. Yeah. They they got too greedy into money (laughs) and then Poseidon wiped them out. I feel like this is like going to be a story in the future. Like these earthlings, they got so greedy about their speeds. They just wanted faster and faster speeds until they all got cancer and died. Blew up. Yeah. Like, it just sounds like a horrible idea. I mean, that's where we're going. doing 5G now, there's going to be something else in five years, right? Like, they're not going to stop at 5G. It's going to be 6G, 7, 8, 9, right? Or is 5, like, as high as it's going to get? I mean, it's going to get to a point. (laughs) Here's what it'll get to. It'll get to a point where we no longer use handheld devices that require a cell signal. Instead, we'll have a microchip planted in our brain that will be receiving the cell signal from the tower. And then that's when we're completely programmed and they take over. Okay. Well, folks, you heard it here first. (laughs) That is how shit's going to go down. Yeah. God. But I'm just saying that's the truth. That's actual truth because. (laughs) That's the actual truth. Here's why though. Here's why. Okay. It probably is. They're already, you know, Elon Musk and remember his company Neuralink that we talked about? Yes. They Mm -hmm. are. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, did we? I thought that was in a video. Well, Elon Musk has a company called Neuralink that's basically working on a way to connect your brain to your computer and, you know, communicate and record between the two which is really crazy and interesting but scary as fuck at the same time yeah and they're work i mean they're literally working on putting microchips into mice right now that can do have all this you know computer power and and you know abilities and you know in the 10 20 years from now i mean so cyborgs are like on their way man oh yeah oh yeah i mean if people don't think that that's where the world's going then it's time to wake up that we're literally moving into a place where man merges with machine and we become one in a way, the singularity as it's Ugh, called. It makes me want to just go to just take a nap. Microchips it's in the really brains are going to be a thing. hundred percent. I'm predicting it right now. No, seriously. They're literally, they're going to do that. No, I'm sure. I'm sure you're right. I just, am trying to wrap my head around the world <laughs> being like that. Like why? And you could think about it as like, it's, I can't see myself wanting one. You're seeing your cell phone screen, but in your eyes, but I would not want that. Like fuck out of there. I'm trying to get off my phone as it is. Right. I'm That's trying scary. to leave it on its charger <laughs> and shit in your brain. You can't ever escape it. No. Ew. I hate that. I hate that. That'd be you think so we're annoying. Like carry around this device like forever, like the cell phone in our pocket that falls out and screen breaks. And Ugh. we're not going to carry that for the next for the rest but of our I like life. it. It like makes me feel safe having my little phone. Oh, I'm live streaming right now. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to be, be seeing stuff like through like a lens, like a hollow lens, basically. And virtual reality is going to be all around. I us. can't handle this change. Anyway, lowered fertility, uh, neurological and neuropsychiatric effects. Yep. Uh, that was a rough run for a <laughs> dyslexic one. person. Um, cellular DNA damage. What the hell? Aptosis? Aptosis. Oh, you should just read this. Why am I even trying? Program cell death. I need my glasses to at least fun. get close. Oxidative stress and free radical damage. Endocrine. Endocrine hormonal, hormonal effects. effects. That's fucking great for you. Yeah, I Excessive. already have enough endocrine issues. Yeah. I mean, God damn it. We're all screwed. Honestly, I mean, all of us could have something on here. <laughs> if my cells are being like degraded because of radiation, then that doesn't help in cancer. I mean, Excessive cancer affects all of us. intracellular calcium. Powell's conclusion. Yeah. So this, this professor is saying 5G is literally insane. Absolutely insane. And this guy knows what the fuck he's talking about. Well, that's great. 
Again, in tennissearch.com, you can look at where your towers are. If you live right next to a tower, it might be a good idea to move. Just saying. Whoa. If you can. Yeah. That's just, that's, I mean, if you're, I mean, if you're planning to live there for like a couple years or whatever, you'll probably be fine. But like if you're, if it's like your forever home and you're parked right next to a cell tower, definitely be looking for, you know, to switch up the situation. Oh my gosh. I'm dead serious. I'll be. And what's interesting is what, you know, as I'm been learning about this issue and stuff, I remember back to my dad, actually, my dad knows all about this shit really? because he was super paranoid about one moving right next to a landfill and why because he was worried about groundwater and stuff about uh whatever's in the landfill seeping into the the groundwater and the groundwater getting into the city water and stuff and and things like that he was worried about that Hmm. and he was also woke yeah no and he was also very (laughs) (laughs) woke joe (laughs) no uh love my dad but yeah and he was also worried about the cell tower issue because i remember We, we did not move to a specific neighborhood or something like that. We were th- thinking about renting a house somewhere that was really close to a cell tower. And I, I distinctly remember my dad telling my mom and the rest of us, like, we can't live there wow. because it's like microwaving our brains. And he's stuff. always been pretty good at research. Yeah, he does. Maybe that's where I get it from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no, I just thought that was interesting. And, and I'm sure, you know, dad, if you're listening you know, you know what I'm talking about with this 5G stuff. I mean, this is pretty scary stuff. Yeah. So it's good to stay informed and, and try to see what we can do to uh, get some more answers and information about the health risks. So the other thing I wanted to talk about this week is Mr. Julian Assange. Julian Assange was Did arrested. You say Jillian? Did I say Julian? I think at the beginning you may Jillian. have said Jillian. <laughs> Julian Assange, WikiLeaks founder, was arrested this past Thursday in London where he was pulled from the Ecuadorian embassy where he's been living there in asylum for seven years. Did you see the picture of them taking him off in the car? Yeah. He gave the peace sign. Yeah. He's a, <laughs> he's a badass man. I know. But this dude has been literally living in a single room for seven years with no access to outdoors or medical treatment. Like if people think he's been in like a hotel room inside the embassy or wow. something, you're no. completely wrong. No, it's he's been not, had in. It's been in shitty conditions. Yeah, the man. U.S. was pissed. Is pissed off. He did a. He released a lot of shit that was very scary. Yeah, which if if you don't know, um, he's obviously WikiLeaks, and WikiLeaks is associated with releasing classified mm-hmm. government information. Mm-hmm. They um, released like oh my gosh, so many. They've released so many things over the years. So many important things. Yes. So, I mean, the main thing was, yeah, Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign emails, which a lot of people blamed for her losing the election ever. I'm sorry. That is not the only reason why. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. So the dude's been in there. He's been arrested. And a lot of people think it's also because he's being extradited to America to, you know, stand trial for his crimes there because there was also um, he was also involved with Chelsea Manning. If you remember her mm-hmm. she was the uh, intelligence analyst for the army in 2010 who released classified information yes uh, uh, basically and, and when we say classified information it's like it wasn't like some like crazy secrets that the government yeah alien whatever. yeah it wasn't like something crazy like that it was literally all these battle reports and shit where we were killing yeah. civilians and hundreds of assessments of de- detainees and uh Guantanamo. It's interesting how people are so split on their thoughts about him. Either he's a hero to people or he's a like American traitor. Right. Right. Depends on how patriotic you are. I guess. Yeah. I, guess. I mean, if you're a true patriot, you'd probably be like, fuck this guy, you know, 
But I feel like it's better we know the truth. Like, you know, they're doing I mean, some fucked up stuff. Again, it's like, I don't know. It's it's a really tough line to walk, I think. But obviously, like some of this stuff is I, I would like more transparency from the government and the military, clearly, you know, and, you know, I know. But a lot of people don't know that the military kills a ton of civilians and things like that over, you know, in all these wars that we've been involved with for years and years. Like lots of innocent kids and men and children and women are dying. Yeah. For no reason, just because we're doing shit over there. Yeah. And, you know, that never gets really released to no. us in the public light. Of course you know? not. We don't ever really. I, yeah. They don't tell you. Like, they want you to think of America as this like amazing friend to everyone in the world, the rest of the world, that we're just this like awesome reach out and help everybody. We don't do anything bad. We're just you know, freedom fighters. That's it. No, we do some fucked up stuff. America, the military is fucked up. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for real, like, I, I feel like it's important that people know it's, I think it's badass. I mean, my whole point of view on it is I think we need more transparency. And if the government's not going to give it to us, they're then, not going to give it to us. Then you know what? That's, that's why I think again, like I think hackers kind of bring balance to, um, the yeah. world and, and bring balance to the governments and yeah mm-hmm. they're able to hold them accountable better than I can I can go yell and scream at the you know the politicians office but at the end of the day they're going to do what they're going to do but if you know you're a hacker and you're doing this shit you can really you know legally or not you can get information that you know the rest of the public might need to actually see yeah so look and at how much anonymous is like yeah released. I mean I, I think there was like an article a year or two ago. I think he even did a video on it on YouTube about anonymous saying they're going to release or release information about NASA releasing information about extraterrestrial life and all of that. So, which is interesting, which obviously hasn't really come to fruition yet, but yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It's really interesting. I think, I don't know. I'm not like a, like a fanboy of Julian Assange or anything, but <laughs> fanboy. I under, I think, I guess I understand why they do what they do. I understand yeah. it. And you know, there's probably not everything they do that I agree with, but you know, I think yeah, that they, I, they do kind of bring balance to the force a bit, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, balance to the force. <laughs> All right. So we're going to be talking about some interesting phenomena today, but before we do, I want to thank our sponsors for, today's episode all right let's get into unexplained phenomena first thing that we're going to talk about is something called the zone of silence in mexico this is super interesting so in mexico there is this area of desert called the zone of silence and it's about 400 miles or so from el paso texas and then in this area basically radio signals tv signals any type of wireless transmission does not happen just so completely gets killed in this area wow no matter even if there was like something put in there like a what if they put a 5g tower there yeah i guess we'd have to see how powerful it really is (laughs) (laughs) but it's interesting it's like this area which there's a lot of areas including in the san luis valley where we were down near crestone that's a similar type of area to that i i compare it to that because it's also a hot spot for the UFO phenomenon. There's a lot of UFOs that are sighted in the area of the zone of silence, as well as the area that we were in. We got to go back there and, and do some more shit down there. Yeah. That place was so cool down there. Yeah, that was, I definitely want to go down there again. We'll have to talk about it on one of these, ep- uh, on these episodes to Crestone and, and all that and the spiritual center down there. It's really interesting, but 
the zone of silence, according to Dr. Santiago Garcia has said that there's always been this awareness or awareness of unusual properties in the area since the mid 19th century, when farmers trying to eke out a living in the forbidding environment became aware of basically hot ass pebbles that would routinely fall to earth from the clear sky, which what could those be? Meteorites. Hot pebbles. Yeah. I was going to say it's got to be something like that, that broke up in the sky and space fell rocks. Down. Yeah. Hot pebbles. Hot pebbles. Yeah. <laughs> hot pebbles. Not fruity pebbles. That sounds like pebbles. something you would like use it like a spa, like hot, the hot pebble treatment. Hot pebble massage <laughs> from space. Yeah, Come literally to massage the zone of silence. That's what they should do. End your life massage. Can you imagine you know the hot, hot pebbles is? falling out of the sky? Oh, oh my oh, God. That would like burn your hand and pull uh, in it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I really want a meteorite really bad. Does anybody, anybody know where I can get one? But you can get one online, dude, and just Google it. No, I know, but I want to find one and pick it up off the ground. Oh my God. <laughs> I want to go meteorite hunting. Okay. Sounds Anyways. good, bro. So in the 1930s, Francisco Serbia, an aviator from the northern Mexican state of Cojulia, reported that his radio had mysteriously ceased to function, earning him the distinction of being the zone of silence's first victim. It's so definitely like Coahuila. <laughs> we must say so many things wrong. That was the thing, Google Translate translation, just so you know, that I read. It wasn't until 1970 that the zone first entered public awareness when an American missile, an Athena, fired mm. from the White Sands. Yeah, White Sands missile base went off course inexplicably, heading for the zone of science where it crashed. Oh, damn. An American missile crashed. A few years later, an upper stage from one of the Saturn boosters used on the Apollo project broke up over the very same area. And the U.S. military actually sent a team down to the region to investigate its surprising natural properties. So they're like, what the hell? Why is all of our shit falling out of the sky in this area? What's going on down there? So engineer Harry De La Pena was the first outsider to discover the zone and its perplexing radio interference properties. Hmm. Which, in this area of the zone of silence, humans have resided in and around this completely cactus-filled desert area since prehistoric times. Wow. Like, way, way back. There's always been Like, when there, there was unknown tribes of natives clustered in yeah. different areas, you mm-hmm. know, around the watering hole in the desert. Because it is a fucking desert. <laughs> yeah. And then the uh, community of Sabelos uh, Durango, some 25 miles away, is the settlement settlement nearest to the zone. And it's basically the starting point uh, of any type of trip into this area, which mm-hmm. is interesting. So Penny and his group became aware of the silence when they found that it was impossible to communicate with one another via walkie talkies. Radio waves are not wow. transmitted at the accustomed speed and frequency. What? So when they would try, even like it it just sounded like they were whispering, even on full volume, like they could not even make it out. But it still was somewhat going through a little bit. Yeah, it was like just weakened. Yeah, exactly. To like a point where it's like unusable. I wonder if there's like something underground there or something that's some magnetic force. Magnetic force. That's able to like if you think about it, magnetic field or something would have to affect the radio waves would be able to dampen them Hmm. so a lot of people think this is kind of like a there's like some type of magnetic field in this area or an influx in it or just a stronger force maybe created by 
like a government or like an alien thing or just natural, like a natural or just thing. a natural like thing. a vortex type just situation? like a vortex or something yeah so that's why you would mention hot spot portal whatever you want to call yeah. it just like some type of area that is Got, just yeah. charged in a different way so since this engineer's initial visit scientists obviously have come all around the world to the zone and the mexican government actually created a research facility there but what's really interesting and kind of put some of the dots together for me is that the zone lies just north of the tropic of cancer and south of the 30th parallel which places it in the company of a number of other planetary anomalies such as the bermuda triangle as well as the great pyramids of Egypt. So if you draw a line from the zone of silence across like a world map runs through Bermuda, Bermuda triangle and then runs right through Egypt. What the hell? You know what? This is so weird that these things are so geographically like it there's, seems like there's hot spots or something. Or something. To, yeah. They're totally are like natural hot spots. And I think things like the pyramids were tapping into a natural hot spot. There's something, there's something, there that you can harness if you know how but if you don't know how then it's just this uncontrolled chaos that's all happening in these areas and with that with that being said this uncontrolled chaos of this energy is creating all sorts of openings in space-time which opens you up to other dimensions and other you know universes or whatever so Cause a lot of things happen there and a lot of people see a lot of UFO sightings as well as around, you know, those other areas, I'm sure. But just, I mean, I don't know. It's interesting to think about. Yeah. Like we said, UFOs and the presence of non-human life have been recorded in, in this anomalous region until a few years ago, there were people still alive who could remember having had encounters with allegedly extraterrestrial creatures in the early decades of this century. So there's been Hmm. reportings of even contacts with extraterrestrials in this area, which, you know, why is that interesting? Could, could it be that they're attracted to these areas because of the energy? Maybe the energy, you know how to harness it and use it. Yeah. Or it's just like a, on a different level than the rest of the planet is. And, you know, when you're in these areas, you're able to, you know, who knows, maybe traverse dimensions or somehow, (laughs) communicate with something that is always there but just can't get to us because they're in some other type of plane uh, anyway <laughs> so you're getting into like other dimensions right right yeah so they're like half so this area allows them to be outside of their own dimension Correct. it's like a without portal. issue exactly so That's if you think about thought. if you think about a ufo hotspot why would there be a hot spot somewhere, especially somewhere like Crestone or like the zone of silence where people yeah. just see them all the time. There's more sightings there. They're called a hot yeah. spot because people see them all the time. Yeah. Well, maybe mm-hmm. it's because they're able to traverse those areas very easily come and come into our presence because we're also there with them and we're kind of transitioned without us knowing into some other type of, dimensional dimension or plane or some altered state of reality a little bit does that make sense at all (laughs) somewhat i mean i get what you're saying the idea but it's it's really hard to wrap your mind around and that's why they're a lot you know that's why because if you think about it's like why don't we just see ufos just flying around all the time why haven't we all all of us as humans seen a ufo well maybe it's because they can't travel in and out of just anywhere and everywhere at any time 
maybe they have to go through sort of these portals, these sort of hot spots or areas in space time where the energy is different and they're able to shift into our, you know, sort of plane or dimension or whatever, whatever you want to call it. And we're able to see them easier. Oh, that's so trippy. So maybe this area is that, especially if they're actually seeing beings from other worlds, like that, I mean, maybe they're able to be themselves in these areas better. I don't know. It's just a thought. I mean, yeah, it kind of would make sense. They're able to like thrive in that environment. More. Right. Right. Weird. So here's actually a story of a close encounter that somebody had in this region. So on October 13th, 1975, Ernesto and Josefina Diaz Diaz, an, an enterprising couple drove into the zone in a brand new Ford pickup to collect unusual rocks and fossils, which are in great abundance in that area. Interesting. As they were basically picking up rocks, they noticed that a desert rainstorm was heading toward them. Hoping to avoid being caught in a flash flood, they wisely packed their vehicle up and sped off, but not fast enough to avoid the relentless rain. Mm. The track ahead of them turned into a swamp, and the pickup was quickly trapped and began to sink in the soft terrain. Oh, damn. While the couple struggled to keep their vehicle from submerging into the mud, two figures approached them waving at them amid the torrential rain. Two extremely tall men in yellow raincoats and caps with unusual but by no means alarming features offered their assistance to help them get underway again. What does that mean? Unusual but no means alarming? Like what? There was nothing like weird about them. They seemed completely normal. But it says with unusual but no alarming, not alarming features. Like it was unusual to see them out there, but it wasn't like they had alarming features. So it was like, why are these guys okay. out there? But they don't look like aliens, basically. Okay. So these two men offered their assistance to help them get unstuck. And the men instructed that they told uh, the totally drenched couple get inside the pickup again while they pushed before the couple realized their vehicle had popped out of the hole and onto firmer ground. When the husband got out of the pickup once more to thank the two men, he realized they were gone. There were no footprints and evidence or any surface feature that could have concealed their departure. Interesting. So it disappeared without a trace. What? So like, how do we know? It could be their story, <laughs> right? like, fucking bullshit. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, it could be Ernesto and Josefina making this up. Could be. But there was no physical traces of these visitors, and one witness returned, uh, the next morning to the site where they had seen mysterious lights dancing around um, the previous night, sorry, and found that the vegetation had been set on fire. Dozens of similar reports emerged from the zone told by reliable witnesses. Interesting. So they're, they're basically saying that there's UFO activity. There's clearly like aliens land in there, setting the grass on fire with their ships and helping people get unstuck in the mud, I guess. Well, the, the grass on fire thing makes sense because think about the, the um, crop circles, like how there's yeah. always like the burnt, they find like burnt wheat and then they find radioactive frequency yeah. in the area. Yeah. Weird. So maybe they are telling the truth. Yeah. But over the mm. years, like tons of people have taken shots of UFOs uh, there's actually a photograph of a UFO that landed near a feature called Magnet Hill. And the sh- photos clearly show a shiny silver object resembling a large stewing pot. Mm. Interesting. 
So there's actually a local ranch in that area that says that they're regularly visited by three tall, blonde, long-haired visitors. Which, if you think about this, this is in the middle of the desert in Mexico. Kind of weird that there's three tall, blonde-haired, like yeah, Nordic-looking Nordic, yeah, individuals. Say, and two it, males and one female who are, who are very polite to a fault, extremely handsome. And okay. dressed in a funny way. So if you don't know, I think we've talked about the Nordic, the idea of Nordic people before, but there are like alien whistleblowers and people who claim to have inside knowledge who claim that there are aliens that look pretty much like humans, but they're like Nordic yeah, type of alien that's like blue eyed, blonde haired. Very like pale yeah. skin. Yeah. Fair skin. Yeah. Nordic. Interesting. That look very close in resemblance to uh, just a normal human, like almost indistinguishable. So they could be just like roaming around with us. We wouldn't even know. But they said that these guys, uh, their Spanish was completely flawless, too. So that's wow. important. But the reasons for uh, their visits was to secure water from the ranch as well. The quote unquote funny visitors would ask their hosts to please fill their canteens with water, never requesting food or anything else. And when asked where they came from, the visitors would limit themselves to smiling and saying, from above. (laughs) What? Seriously? (laughs) (laughs) Seriously? So, where are you from? From above, of course. So, did they say, like, and where the fuck is that? Fucking space? Just up in the sky. Okay, cool. No worries. Okay. Can't you get water up there? That sounds really weird. Yeah, kind of interesting, right? So could these guys actually be like Nordic Nordic aliens? They could be. I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to believe. I wish there was more people who have seen them. There are. There are? More more people have reported seeing them or almost white haired Nordics. Wow, that's weird. Including in the Sierra Nevadas in uh, California. Wow. And they would actually like come down and like barter with the townspeople and stuff and nobody like knew where they came from or anything. What the hell? I guess what are you supposed to do? Call you can't like call the police. Hi, there's blonde people here. And this is kind of like not popular, but it does occur more frequently in deserts. Like there's more people that live in deserts that report having these experiences with these Nordics. There's so many interesting things happening in like Arizona (laughs) too. Like it's interesting the whole like Mexico, Arizona, the whole connection between deserts and aliens. Because even Cresto in Colorado is a very desert area. It's right near the sand dunes, like next to the sand dunes. Yeah, it's very interesting. I wonder why. I feel like, like I've said before, if there's ever an alien invasion, I feel like it's going to be in Phoenix. I'm just saying. It's like calling Phoenix. I feel like they like Phoenix. I'm going to go with Roswell. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, it's it's very weird though. So a lot so some people think that there's like some type of weird connection with with aliens or whatever these beings are and some of these deserts. That's interesting. Other people have actually said that they've seen like other like smaller beings too, like little guys, of course. Yeah. That looks like lost children just like coming down the road, but then they had like little helmets on and stuff. And then they would like, you know, just interact with them like normal. And then all of a sudden they would just disappear. What? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. I mean, like thinking about these things, it sounds crazy and like, oh, like what the hell? Like that doesn't make any sense. But then you start to remember like how many fucking people have (laughs) experiences 
yeah. that are like this, where so they see many. things or they are. And how similar they are. They and all they're not are like, like that over exaggerated. They're normally like the same type of thing. No. Like if you're going to make up a creature, why would you say a blonde person? You know? Well, I would go or with something like scaly or something. Yeah, I saw a blue mantis I saw thing. a blue iguana alien. Yeah, I feel like blonde is a little, I don't know, that's so specific. That's interesting. I wonder. Yeah, man. I don't know. But what's also weird, though, and and really interesting is that there is a astronomical observatory that's like thousands of years old. Like, we don't know for sure it's an astronomical observatory, but we think it is. And it's really, really old. And none of the tribes that are in the area know, like, know nothing about it. They don't, they're not responsible for building it, essentially. But at some point in like history in this area, somebody was like active in the zone and like maybe have built like, like a place to do astronomy and things like that, or look at the sky. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, maybe it is also because of the fact that there's meteorites that hit here quite often too. That's kind of interesting because of the magnetic properties there, like meteorites, metal, maybe because of the magnetism that's in that area. That's why it's attracting all these different things. Maybe it's just like in a really strong magnetic field and that's it. (laughs) There's nothing else really crazy about it. So I don't know. I think it's interesting. All the different things between like the aliens, the dimensional visitors, the UFOs and the fact that, you know, radio TV signals, none of that can happen out there for some reason. It's weird. That's so weird. What, What would it be? even tv yeah wow it would suck living out there it's nothing that's silence out there you can't do shit wow that's like honestly creepy i feel like you could make a scary movie about this area yeah seriously i'm surprised i wonder if there is one the silence isn't there a movie that just came out like about that pretty much the silence like oh the quiet place yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) (laughs) can't make a sound or they come for you i haven't seen that yet i need to see that i heard that's a really good yeah oh but speaking of silence there's a Russian ghost radio station. Oh, I love this one. This is so interesting. Called UVB 76. If you haven't heard about this, this is really just bizarre too. So basically this radio signal, it's been going for 40 years and it's of Russian origin. They, However, yeah. we don't know exactly who is controlling this radio frequency. They think it's like three different possible locations, right? Well, they've triangulated it to one place, but then they got there. There's nothing. And then it moved to another one. So it's kind of moved to a couple different places, but we're never able to like hundred percent triangulate where it is. Wow. Weird. It's very weird. And this has actually taken the internet by storm. Like there's tons and tons of people that are really, really into this and know a lot about it. And there's actually a radio station where you can hear what's happening on this radio signal, which is can we look uh, it up right 4, now? 4,625 kilohertz is what it is. So if you have like a ham radio or something like oh. that, you can you can go to it. Um, oh, wow. I have a, actually a clip that you can hear of this real quick because it is kind of interesting and weird. So if you go to this, um, go to the signal and you start listening to it, it's just this loop of this buzzer sound and it's fucking bizarre. So here's here's what it sounds like. So this just happens 24 hours a day. And if you're listening, you can hear that it's a mic that's always on 
and there's some other noise happening. So that's weird, right? Yeah. It's like really, it sounds like doomsday-ish. So it's just beeping. Yeah. It's almost like an alarm of some mm-hmm. type. So it's what not just hell? like an alarm playing a live mic. Somebody has to have a there's live a mic, mic recording going, this recording what's happening in the room. And there's this buzzer playing, just going beep. That reminds me of Lost. Doesn't it? That's, that's what it reminded me of too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's like a real Lost. If you've I'm never seen for, Lost, that's such a good show. Go binge watch it. Is, it. it is. Oh, we should rewatch it. Show. Love that show. It's a good one. Oh, there were some episodes where I'd be so shook after. I'd be like freaking out. Oh, I have I dreams know. about it. I've always had so oh, many dreams too. about being in that yeah. show for some reason. There's a buzzer in Lost. That's yeah. There's really like a secret room. There's a whole Lost is such a to, like, trippy show. It. Yeah, it is. Oh, oh yeah, it's so good. I want to watch so it again because I'm sure it'll like teach me something else. Yeah. Definitely. But this buzzer sound, literally 24 hours a day since the 1970s. Uh, the earliest known recording of it dated 1982. So it's literally a buzzer is still going off somewhere. Yeah. And people just discovered it. Well, like with their ham radios, you can just scan all the frequencies and they what just came the across hell? and they're like, what the hell is this? And what's even more weird about it is there is the buzzing, but then there's been parts where it just stops. And then a Russian voice just reads a mixture of numbers and Russian names. So like bef- a what? couple hours before Christmas Day in 1990, in 1997, it all of a sudden stopped. It was like, stop. And it's like, yeah, UVB 76, yeah, UVB 76, 180, Boris, Roman, Olga, Mikhail, Anna, Larissa seven four two seven nine nine one four. What the hell? And then it just goes back to its thing. So it's like, what the hell is going on there? Oh my god! Is it just just randomness, or is there a code, or what's happening with that? Wow, that is super weird. I wonder. Hmm, that's it's like at first, like the bro mall and everything that sounds like normal, but then Anna. Larissa, what are these specific names? names? Olga, yeah. What if it's someone just fucking with people and they literally just have this it broadcast going on? But you think you'd for forty years, <laughs> yeah. And you'd think you'd do more shit. You'd probably hop on there and do some more names more often if you're really like trying to get a thing yeah. going. Like that's pretty boring. Do to like just once not a doing, week or yeah, three times a week, <laughs> like a YouTube schedule. Yeah. <laughs> Tuesdays and Thursdays there will be new names released. Random, <laughs> random ramblings with me. <laughs> Tuesday at nine. Yeah, no, it it doesn't seem like it's a hoax to me. It seems like there's an actual use for it for somewhat in some way, shape or form. Yeah, definitely. That sounds like something government for sure. And then there's also been like television or uh, telephone conversations and banging noises in the background during the signal. There's been all kinds of like weird noises and just weird things happening. So people think there's like people wherever this buzzer is going off. They think something's going on. Something's controlling this. That really frequency. sounds like lost. What Doesn't, the hell? Yeah, I that know, is right? weird. That gives me chills. That just like is so creepy for some reason. I just picture this buzzer just going off. And then in here's a, room. a here's another kind of creepy uh, thing I found. So I think this was later on. Um, there's music from Swan Lake that's just kind of heard like playing from what? That's so I have chills. That's so creepy. All right. Oh my god. 
I'm shook. If I was listening to this at night, I would be slightly shook right now. But... Wait. <laughs> this is my fucking jam. <laughs> That's so, so if you imagine you're just scanning this frequency listening and like somebody's playing this oh my god oh my god that's so <laughs> what do you creepy. think about that man yeah what the hell god sorry i hope that wasn't super annoying for everyone listening but sorry we had to play it that is some weird shit Swan Lake, for some reason, that is so creepy. Like, I just picture, like, a murder happening during that. That is so creepy. Classical music is creepy. (laughs) It can be, yeah. It can be, yeah. Oh, that sounded so scary. I, like, don't even want to know where this is coming from. you hear how, like, the drum at the end is like, you hear, like, that banging sound. What is that? And then it just randomly goes back to its normal beep, beep. Well, it creeps me out how many weird things are happening in the world all the time. It's so the world's freaky. a fucking wacky place, oh, man. That is some scary shit. So people, people are trying to figure out like what's going on there. What is, what's the purpose of this? I don't um, know why that creeps me out so much. Just the idea of it, like, really freaks me out. Like a like voice messages, like over the years, tons of them, and they finally uh, were able to figure out that the signal location actually moved in 2010, and then wow. the new call sign. Uh, after the move was MDZHB. So previously they had figured out that the transmitter for UVB 76 was at a Russian military base on the outskirts of Povarovo, Povarovo, a small town, 19 miles from Moscow. Povarovo. Povarovo. Yeah. Povarovo. So after they, Rovo, (laughs) (laughs) Povarovo, Sorry, I give up. The Russian is very weak. Sorry, guys. No, no, just stop, please. <laughs> so after they figured out that the actual uh, station or where it's been, where it's broadcasting from, moved to a new location, a pair of um, Povarovo. <laughs> it's Povarovo. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Povarovo. <laughs> so that was tripping me out. Okay. So two groups of urban explorers and UVB 76 followers traveled to the remote Russian town in an attempt to visit the military bunker that the signal had originated from for over 30 years. Oh my God. That's so they went there to investigate shit. because they're like first years. This has gone on. They're like, yeah. what the fuck was going on out what there? What is it? So it's at a military base. Okay. Uh-huh. This is confirmed at a military base. So you start thinking, okay, maybe the oh, military is wow. using this. But why are they playing Swan Lake? Maybe well, someone well, that was later on. This was, was that was after it moved. I'm pretty sure that well, that, either way, no, eight years ago. Yeah, eight, that's still their 2010. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was in 2010. This uh, Swan Lake thing. So this was at their new location that it's broadcasting and then it's from. confirmed military not the military base. base. Oh, not this clip. The okay. other clip, the first okay. one I showed you, the beeping. Yeah. But anyway, they they went out to this military base and to the bunker where the signal had originated from. And and when they reached the town, a local man told them about the storm of 2010. One night, a dense fog rolled in and the military outpost was evacuated within 90 minutes. So something happened or they went somewhere 
and they were out in 90 minutes according to this guy what wait why because there was a fog there was a storm okay well storms can affect their signal so maybe their signal can't stop or they had to move it to another location for some reason so they abandoned this just because it was military foggy. base. Well, I think it was more than just a. That's just what that guy said. It was probably more than a fog. <laughs> well, why wouldn't he say more than that then? I don't know. Maybe whoever interviewed him didn't ask him if it was more than a fog. But by fog, he meant like probably like a thunderstorm or something. Mm, okay. <laughs> that seems like a weird thing. Like you you're trying to tell people that the military outposts is evacuated in 50 minutes 90 or 90 minutes. minutes because of fog. You'd think you'd explain why, not just say it's fog. If it's a fucking storm, you'd say it's a storm okay, or so something else. Maybe it wasn't the storm. Maybe there's some other reason they had they got the fuck out of there in 90 minutes. How about that? Okay. No storm. Weird. Just something happened and they had to move really quick and they did, according to this guy. So these two groups of explorers, they get out to this military base and this bunker and it's in complete abandonment. There's possessions and equipment just all over the place. There's icy water filling the bunker Yet they were still able to find some find some clues inside. And one group described the military bunker as a quiet and lonely dark place, something like a maze with lots of quarters and rooms. Yeah, no shit. That's what a bunker is. A book was found that contained a log of messages sent by UVB 76. So they found an actual book logged of all the messages that had been going out from the signal. From this military base. So obviously people are like, the military or the government's using it. Yeah. So when you start talking about theories for why this is happening or who's utilizing it and for what purpose, there's a lot, there's a lot of different theories as to what's what going on. Be. Okay. So some people say that the Russian government um, could be using it for a radio channel of theirs called voice of Russia. One location that appears during the triangulation attempts is very close to a transmitter. That's close to that area used by the government. So, and that's kind of where I'm at too. I'm like, it seems like the government's using it for whatever, some type of reason. Um, or the Boric Geophysical Observatory. This is a state funded organization, uh, which is a branch of the federal state budgetary institution of science. And they explain that the signal originates from an observatory using the 4,625 kilohertz frequency to measure changes in the ionosphere. Kind of like what HARP was doing uh, officially with uh, the ionosphere and like, uh, measuring it uh, by shooting things up. Mm, but yes. other people think it's uh, Russia's like basically dead man switch system. So in case of a nuclear strike that cripples Russia, the automated system will launch a counter strike of nuclear missiles. What? Wait, what? How does it even make sense? The rate, why would there need to be a radio signal? Why would there be a human that does that? Wait, what? I'm so confused. No, I know. That's why it's just a theory though. They're okay. just saying, it doesn't, <laughs> not all conspiracy theories make sense. <laughs> I know, okay? I know, I'm just questioning. We need to go back to conspiracy 101, all right? Not all theories make sense logically, but it is one theory. And okay. that maybe the signal is somehow tied in with some type of automated system. So, you know, when Swan Lake goes on, that's when they're shooting the missiles. If Swan Lake finishes, the missiles go out. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a that's shit one theory. theory. <laughs> okay. So that's theory number one. The most credible explanation of the of the signal's purpose is that it is a military communication system operating across Western Russia. The coded messages are announcements for various military districts, enabling a simple means of communicating very simple with multiple units at the same time. 
So maybe there's like a bunch of like military personnel all tuned into this wacky station. And when they hear certain coded messages through it, they it tells them to do things. So they sit there for 30 years and they hear like one message in all that time. <laughs> no, there's tons of messages. It's oh, there are. It really things. does. Yeah. Oh. It's doing things. There's there's a log book. Tons of people have been uh, there's clips all over the Internet of messages so and voices. Ha- I didn't and mean every 30 years, but you know, it's I not just like, didn't think it was like. So it's, it is. But it is quiet a lot, too. Like, it's yeah. just like. So weird. So a lot of people think that the buzzer sound and the like, um, that's just to, that's whoever is controlling the signal or the messages coming across it from keeping other people from using that frequency. Yeah. So, Uh you know, other people sending messages on that frequency. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Sorry. I'm still jet lagged as fuck from London. So, I mean, and other people think it's like some type of like spy network that's using it and it's like a bunch of spies. Maybe they're recruiting other spies or communicating with spies out in the field and we just happen to come across it and wow. they're using coded messages to communicate with it's each other. It's probably something like that. I mean, I'm sure it's something. I'm sure it's not as interesting and juicy as people think either. It is weird yeah, though. The Swan Lake thing makes it so weird. Well, it's just like, Why? And maybe that was just on accident too. Like maybe whoever's sitting in the room yeah. monitoring the signal, like on their phone watching yeah. Swan Lake. Like oh shit, that was a YouTube commercial. Like <laughs> commercial, <laughs> YouTube uh, ad. Yeah, or or maybe some type of secret Russian space experiment. That's another reason that's using this frequency to communicate because it clearly sounds like code of some sort. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's really bizarre. But the next thing that we're going to talk about comes from one of my favorite places. Australia. We went to Australia. We loved it. And we actually were pretty close to this, I think, but we didn't go to it, of course. And that is something called the devil's pool. Now, if any of you Aussies out there know about this, please let us know. Or if you've been there because, uh, yeah. So the devil's pool is a natural pool at the foot of three streams that run through the Babinda boulders in Queensland. It's a beautiful destination for a hike and swimming pools in the area are clear and inviting and swimming in the devil's pool itself is a recipe for disaster people. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it looks really nice and beautiful. people have drowned there in the deceptively lush waters. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say it looks so pretty. If I was there, I'd want to go swimming in yeah, it. Yeah, it looks really cool, doesn't it? That's a lot of people for one little pool and it doesn't look like anything too deep or scary or crazy. It just looks like a nice pretty waiting pool there's actually a plaque at the pool that says quote unquote he came for a visit and stayed forever Ooh, how about a nice a clear warning like don't fucking get in (laughs) yeah be like people have died here turn around yeah wow would you go to a pool though like would you get into like an area pool where this many people have died no no (laughs) no it's clearly not supposed to be for that I think there's a reason people are dying and I would not take my chances with that. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's really crazy. I mean, one guy people named slipping. Yeah. Well, this guy, Peter McGann, who was 24 in 1979, uh, slipped while jumping, uh, a gap he between ro- be. two rocks and simply disappeared. It took experienced what? divers five weeks into this little pool and five days to finally locate and free his body from the depths of the pool. How deep is the pool? It looks like a tiny little pool. No, it's, I think it's got some depth to it. Whoa, man, that's so scary. All right, let's see. 
I got a no, no. I don't know if they do know. That's the thing. Cause I, I think I would have put it in there. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is giving me something else. If, if you know, let us know. Cause I, I'm sure it's got some depth to it. Clearly. Okay. So there was another tragedy. A young couple were swept up by a flash flood that had come barreling down from the river without warning. A woman managed to survive, but the man was swept away by the flood. The most recent death occurred in 2008 when a young Tasmanian naval seaman was swept into the pool and drowned. A report from the Townsville Bulletin even claimed that his friends saw him get pulled backwards into the pool as if by an invisible hand. What? The fuck? That's yeah. so creepy. Isn't it? I mean, it's not called Devil's Pool for nothing. Wow, and it goes way back. Goes back before all the documented drownings. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the history actually has a, there's a legend from the Aboriginal people that live in the area uh, talk about it. It's actually on the, the Cairns tourism website. I loved Cairns. That was like one of my favorite oh, stops. Yeah, I, I think that was it. my favorite stop. Maybe. I like Sydney too. Melbourne was cool. I don't know. Cairns I like pretty Cairns, cool. Cairns the best, probably. It was just so beautiful up there. Yeah. And, like and we did, and we actually is. got to like sit down with an, uh, a rabbit aboriginal yes uh, he was elder. amazing yeah. yeah it was a really cool experience i have a on video about that on my channel he played the he played the didgeridoo didgeridoo yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. it's like a giant the wooden tour guide thing too. it was an awesome trip oh yeah that was awesome yeah, that was lit that was lit but according to the legend a beautiful girl named ulana from the yundinji people married a respected elder from her tribe named warner warrenu Shortly after or their Renew. union, another tribe moved into the area and a handsome young man came into her life. His name was Daiga. And the pair soon fell in love. It's like Taiga, Diga, but Daiga. Daiga. <laughs> yeah. Realizing the adulterous crime they were committing, the young lovers escaped their tribes and fled in the valleys. The elders captured them, but Ulana broke free from her captors and threw herself into the still waters of what is now known as the Devil's Pool calling for Daiga to follow her. As Daiga hit the waters, her anguished cries for her lost lover turned the still waters into a rushing torrent and the land shook with sorrow. Huge boulders were scattered around the creek and the crying Ulana disappeared among them. Aboriginal legend says her spirit still guards the boulders and that her calls for her lost lover can still be heard. Wow. Some expansions on the tale even say that the spirit of Ulana actively lures men into their deaths. At the wow. devil's pool. Do we know how many out of those 19 that have died, 17 that have died, there were men? No. Yeah, it was, I'm pretty sure it was mostly men. Wow. Weird. So is there something more than just a weird pool going on there? I feel like it must be something like that's a lot of people to have died in one space. Yeah, especially in the Especially from drowning too. I mean, I guess. It and the aboriginals really like, I feel like really knew the land better than anyone else. Like if they have a legend about it, it's probably if it goes back that far. Do you think there could be such a thing as a cursed oh, yeah. area? I think so. Mm-hmm. I do too. Mm-hmm. I think that there is like definitely something to be said about cursing an area and, and whatever means that is to you know i i think there's just so much ancient wisdom and just knowledge that's there about the earth and all these different things metaphysics and and all that and i don't know i think it's really possible i mean shit 17 people drowned in one area and they didn't close it off like what the hell like why are people still able to go there 
not sure if you can, but God, that's crazy. <laughs> Another hole I want to talk about briefly is called Mel's hole. <laughs> Mel's hole. And the reason why I want to talk about this is because it's supposedly located really close to where my parents live, actually. So the legend of this bottomless hole started on February 21st, 1997, when a man identified as Mel Waters appeared as a guest on Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. Cool. Art Bell was always had oh, some yeah. cool shit on oh, his show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was pushing the boundaries back Hell then. Oh, yeah. So this guy Waters claimed that he owned rural property nine miles west of Ellensburg, Washington, which wow. contained a mysterious hole. What? We yeah. got to go find this hole if we ever go visit your parents. Yeah. According to uh, Bell's interviews with Waters, the hole had an infinite depth and the ability to restore dead animals to life. Holy shit. What? Yeah. He said he claimed to have measured the hole's depth to be more than 80,000 feet using fishing line and a weight, which I'm like, damn, that's Wait. a lot of fishing line. Like, that, Yeah, that's a lot of fishing line, feet? dude. That sounds like... <laughs> so it's a I don't know, fishing. but look at him. He's yeah. been really... There's a picture of him standing out by it. He looks like he's been working hard on it. <laughs> I don't think like that's him, actually. Oh, really? Who's no, <laughs> that person? <laughs> I think that's just like some other uh, researcher or something. Oh. <laughs> Okay. But according to this Waters guy, he said the hole's magical properties prompted U.S. federal agents to seize the land and fund his relocation to Australia. What? Waters made guest appearances on Art Bell's show in 1997-2000-2002. Rebroadcasts of those appearances have helped create what's been described as a modern rural myth. Because the exact location of the hole is unspecified, yet several people have claimed to have seen it. Oh, yeah. I found out who that guy is. His name is Jake Powell. <laughs> He's a fucking ge- geologist yeah. with the Washington State Department of yeah. Natural Resources. <laughs> it's not, not him. Not Waters, no. Okay. No. Well, Damn. Well, basically, we find out Waters may never have existed. Oh, There's okay. No, so the whole 80,000 feet shit probably isn't so real. So whoever this guy was that they interviewed, we don't know who he is. Okay. If he, yeah. Mm. Basically. Smells like a hoax. Because there is no, yeah, there's no public records of anyone named uh, Mel Waters residing in or owning property in that part of Washington. Interesting. And according to the State Department of Natural Resources, that geologist, Jack Bow, the hole does not exist, people. It's geologically impossible. He said that? Okay. Yeah. So Jake Powell knows what's up. He does. We got to trust Jake Powell. <laughs> Jake Powell. Or Jack. Jake. I'm calling him Jake. His name's Jack. Jesus. <laughs> That's Jack. I'm like, Jake Powell. I've been calling him Jake the whole time. It's Jack Powell. Oh my God. Oh my God. Which a hole so at 80,000 depth would literally collapse into itself under the tremendous pressure and heat from the surrounding area. Okay. So basically it's a legend and there's no evidence at all for this, but I thought it was interesting because of its location. Now this Maybe is, we should go investigate it ourselves just jump Go, in the search for mel's hole dude Kendall that's and Josh. scary though like it's just like a giant hole in the ground mm-hmm. that's freaky. a deep ass cave imagine or like deep jumping in there yeah oh imagine the fall down yeah maybe you like fall through it and then all of a sudden you're in the whole earth oh that's so scary and all of a sudden you like fall into this like the whole other world <laughs> <laughs> you fall into a whole nother world well, this would prove that the Earth's not flat, right? If you just keep falling and falling and falling, wouldn't you eventually just fall right through? Right? If it was a flat Earth, you would just fall through into the abyss. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All right, Bigfoot. Oh God! 
You're a skeptic. I'm, I, I have to tell you, Kendall, that I am a Bigfoot believer. I don't judge you at all. I don't judge I really anyone am for believing because anything. Because I think it's very plausible that a, if you think about it, a ape slash human type of organism or being would exist and could be literally out there in the forest. Well, yeah, no shit. Could they could, but like, no, wouldn't they have been ver- seen way no. more and it's never been photographed. There's a lot of animals we haven't found, Kendall. Okay, so, Josh, why are you using my name? We, <laughs> <laughs> Am I getting lectured right now? Yeah, that was like wife lecturing. <laughs> don't come for the Bigfoot, man. <laughs> so no, it's. I think once you learn about it, and I'm, we're not going to go in depth on the Bigfoot right now because there's a fuckload of it. And plus, we need to do I a whole podcast get, on it. I need to learn. Yeah. I need to give it a second chance. I don't know there's enough of, about Bigfoot to say I don't believe. There it. are photographs they're all yeah they're none of them are like crystal clear or anything but there is a lot of like documentation photographic as well as video which i'm going to show you today of something that has two legs looks like it has all right show me the video then walking up up roll it. so <laughs> roll, roll it, it. <laughs> oh my god so there's a, a piece of footage that is online that um i came across recently that shows some type of creature ascending a snowy mountain in utah and basically some people and Bigfoot believers are saying that it could be a Sasquatch or Bigfoot. So let me show you this clip. So this is in or on Lone Peak in Utah. And somebody is standing across basically kind of like a little valley and on the side of this mountain that's directly in front of them. They have, um, you know, telegraphic lens and they're able to see the side of the mountain. And here's what they see. So they're just looking across okay, the okay. way. Let me see it. Is it at the bottom of the screen? So that you see the little looking thing, the little thing there, how it looks different. It stabilizes. Just give it a sec. So you see that thing. There's clearly some type of thing walking up the side there. Looks like a person. It's pretty big. There's no looks gear like on it. Fucking person. Just give it a sec. Give it a sec. Okay. So it's zooming in and out here. So what do you think about that? I mean, that it, it's not a human because it, the scale of it, when they measure it, the, yeah, the, it has to be at least eight trees. feet tall. Yeah. And you would see a backpack on it and it looks like it's dark. Yeah. Well, once I started looking around at the trees, I realized it can't be a human. Yeah. So. Yeah, meet this person. Oh. There's a bunch of different. Yeah, it gets like clear and then you can start seeing like. Oh, I forget where it is in here. Yeah, they do a bunch of there's like a def, different kind of angles of it, but it does look like some type of creature of some sort on two legs walking up. I mean, the weather looked kind of crazy. So why would somebody be hiking up there, which people say people hike in crazy weather all the time. But just the scale of the shot versus yeah, the terrain. No, you can looked, tell it's not a person. That would be impossible. Yeah. I mean, it seems unlikely that it's but a person. I, is Bigfoot supposed to be that fucking big? Yeah. How big do big people think Bigfoot is? Big. I mean, they have big feet. That's why they're called Bigfoot. They're tall, like the, eight like, feet tall. They can be pretty big. Yeah. That thing looked, whatever that look, looked bigger than eight feet, though. It was like double the size of trees. No, no, no. Those weren't trees. Oh, then yeah. maybe it is a human. No. I, if, it, if, well, it, if we're talking about the difference between six feet and eight feet, it could be a human. Ah. If it's six, it could be Bigfoot. If it's eight, how can we even tell from that far away two feet difference? 
it's either huge and way bigger than a human or it's close to a human size, it seems like. But by looking at it, you can tell that it's not a human just based upon the fact of the scale. So it's eight foot. They measured. They were able to like met. You know how you can measure from shots. And this was at 8,600 feet on the side of this mountainside. And other witnesses noted they could see arms of this creature hanging by its sides that seemed to reach down to its knees. The fuck? It's big. I just, okay, so if it's so fucking big, how come people don't see these things? Well, that's the thing, too, is like... And why are they, like, it, hiding? They're extreme... Well, that's the thing, is they're extremely intelligent, and they don't want they don't want to be seen at all. Like, they're smart in the sense that they hide from us. People also say that about mermaids, though. Yeah, exactly. It's sort of similar. But, and, like, some of them... And some of them are violent, and some of them are not... Um, so like some people believe that some of the people that go missing in forests and things like that may be victims of, of these Sasquatch, this species of, of whatever you want to, you know, whatever they well, are. That's a shit death. Yeah. Oh my God. That's scary. By like an eight foot thing. Yeah. I mean, why couldn't there be, you know, why couldn't, I mean, it seems unlikely because of how big they are. But again, we have found footprints. We have taken various photographs. And I stuff. need to they see more of the very quickly. Of it. I think it's I think you and I need to do like a podcast on it. All right. It'd be so, cool to get like a Bigfoot expert on the you're show. Intrigued. Well, David Plybus is I'm one. Intrigued. So to get oh him. yeah, we gotta get David Plybus. Plow yeah, Pff, can't I even say his name, Politis. He knows he, I mean that's that's what I've been reading is his, his stuff and he's mm. got a lot of interesting research about it. Yeah, I don't want to like a lot completely of things. They found hair that is unidentifiable. There's there's lots of things. There's prints that are clearly like big ass prints. There's I, I like if you think about it, it's like if we as humans evolved from apes. Yeah. Why couldn't there be a, a middle species in between apes and humans? I just right? picture like the thing from Star Wars, like the Wookiee. Chewbacca. What's it called? A Chewbacca? A I don't know how to. I don't. Basically, I'm not a Star Wars person. A Wookiee. Yeah. Yeah. That's what There's it just seems Wookiees like. running around. <laughs> feel like we would have seen them dude i mean the wilderness is big i mean they could easily know. be hiding in caves and you know in trees and things and we don't even know it and they're just they're really fast and stealthy well i think we should do another episode on that so you're open to them now you're not a denier oh i'm not a i've never been a denier <laughs> a flat-out denier i'm just very skeptical about bigfoot because I've As seen a lot are. of bullshit about yeah, Bigfoot, a lot of people like are some skeptical. things that I'm like, what? <laughs> and like Joe Rogan did his whole like search into Bigfoot yeah, yeah, and after he years in it, he doesn't all. believe it anymore. No. But he did a lot of research into it. He did like a whole show on it. Yeah, but he doesn't know everything and he didn't cover well, yeah, everything. Yeah, obviously not and just because, everything, but I'm just saying like, and, I don't know. And if the evidence isn't compelling enough for you, then that is your, your problem, you know, not... <laughs> If it's not, that is your problem. <laughs> if it's not getting you, then it's not for you. I get it. It's fine. It's just, well, I think it's very possible that there are these things run in the forest, man. Obviously, it's possible, but off, is there enough evidence to believe that? I don't know. I have to do I a podcast on it to learn all, all right. of the evidence. All right. Next week, no school to Bigfoot. Maybe we should do it soon, though, for real, because yeah. that'd be kind of interesting. No, we should. Soonish. All right. You know what else is interesting is a 600-year-old oh, Voynich manuscript. This, this thing is, is weird. This is so fascinating. My gosh. This book 
dates back to the 15th century has 246 fragile pages. I mean, it looks like a fucking book from like Game of Thrones or something. It's Is like, there more pictures of it online? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's tons of pictures of it online and there's video of people opening it and it's this very, very bizarre book that is got all of these different diagrams and illustrations Whoa, and yeah. the writings in it are some unknown language that we've never seen before. There's we like have absolutely images no idea what it is. Pregnant women. Wow. It almost looks like something out of Lord of the Rings, the writing, the font. <laughs> and, oh, seriously, look at this font. That yeah. looks very silver, similar to like Elvish, right? Yeah, it does. With, yeah, definitely. Elvin. Is that. it Elvish or Elvin? Or... Elvin, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Elvish. <laughs> yeah but god so it kind of looks like it was drawn by like a child almost definitely old wow whoa look at this is that like a zodiac wheel yeah they have there's all these astronomical like charts and whoa. zodiac symbols in it oh my gosh but that it's is all in so this like bizarre language and One, bizarre two, three, four, <laughs> kendall's like analyzing <gasps> it's a zodiac wheel there's 12 slices in it it looks like a zodiac wheel to me and it has a set a sun in the center right and then there's whoa so whoever wrote it's it like knew some about ancient wisdom here knew about the zodiac Look at the sun in the middle of this yeah that definitely looks oh, like a zodiac's yeah. all the wheels shows like moons and it, nobody it looks like, nobody's um, been able to decode this nobody knows what it says or what it means the writing is beautiful. My it is. gosh, it's gorgeous. It looks like, wow, it's really pretty. And then all these pictures are like of pregnant women in like green, green liquid. Liquid. What the hell? Undressed. Yeah, it's crazy. What are they showing? And then there's like a bunch of plants, random plants that are unknown. that are labeled that yeah aren't. So these aren't plants that we have now. We don't know because we can't read what they are and they don't yeah. look like things that we know about. More pregnant women standing in things. It looks like maybe even ovaries or something. And then, yeah, there's like green liquid. This is trippy, you guys. You got to see this. You got to Google this. Von Voynich manuscript. Some weird shit. It's been housed at Yale University since 1969. And it's actually named after Wilfred Michael Voynich. Uh, who was the Polish book dealer who purchased this book from a Jesuit library in Italy in 1912. What on earth? Wonder if this, this almost shows like, like an alien head. Look at this. That looks like a straight up alien head inside of like a flower. It looks like that fucking thing from Roots. Stranger Things. Yes. Those like little flower yes. creatures. Yes, it does. Isn't that bizarre? Oh and obviously there's a ton of time and effort and detail that's went into this book. Oh yeah. So, it's clearly like show. It's like, it looks like it's explaining something. So scholars There's more pregnant women, unless this was just how women were, maybe they're not pregnant. Maybe just women were like, it's, it was like, cool I wonder if this then. book is like from, from they look pregnant though, from like the Vatican or something. It's from Italy from a Jesuit library, which mean somebody within the part of the Catholic burning. church or something new. Yeah, maybe it maybe it's like it an escaped, escaped book from that's the what I'm thinking. Bernie of Alexandria. Yeah, dude, could be. Whoa, this and is it's got so like some weird. secret wisdom in there that we just, just can't the read. Images are so weird, though. Like, I don't understand this green liquid. It's pregnant women, green liquid. And then it looks like cups connected by like strings. And then they like stick their arms in these machine looking things. 
And then there's green liquid coming out of the machines. And then there's like a flower attached to it. What on earth is this? It's trippy. It's, it really is. It's really trippy, this is man. weird. So scholars have actually obviously been studying the fuck out of this you know book. What? The women almost don't even look pregnant. They just look like sneeches. Remember like <laughs> sneeches? From Dr. Seuss? Yeah. Yeah. They look they look like a bunch of sneeches running yeah. around with stars. So they're holding stars. Yeah. I wonder if it's a Dr. Seuss and book. Then it- <laughs> <laughs> what if this just literally is like a fun book someone made and it everyone's could, like tripping yeah, over it? It's it just could just be like an book. entertainment or something. Yeah. Because it but, does have all these weird things. But, but then scholars... Okay. Yeah. What do they think? Believe this book is divided into six sections: herbal, astronomical, biological, cosmological, pharmaceutical, as well as recipes. And it's also possible that the manuscript is is of magical or scientific nature. Wow. Interesting. So this definitely could be like an instruction manual for something, or like documenting culture or something like that. Passed down, though. Mm-hmm. because they think that this book has fallen into the hands of alchemists and emperors and anybody in between that could have changed it. And we know that because in the late 16th century, a German emperor actually purchased the manuscript from an English astrologer for 600 Venetian ducats, thinking it was a work of medieval friar Roger Bacon. From there, it was eventually traded hands to a Bohemian pharmacist. So this manuscript continues to get passed along over hundreds of years and i think people are but it's weird it's like how are these i wonder if the book is completely filled out at at this time that it's being traded or if they're adding to it or what is happening with it but the fact that it was an emperor to an astrologer or astrologer to an emperor makes me think that they're adding to it as they go along like maybe there's individuals that are in this group or maybe secret society or something similar like Like it looks like it was all done by like the same person it's so so similar across the different sections the type of illustration looks like the same person did it so obviously like tons of people have tried to decipher this thing and and yeah what do people have guesses about what it is well they actually they actually used ai to try to decipher it which you know seems smart to me and basically, they trained an algorithm to decipher th- 380 different oh, language sorry, versions sorry, sorry, sorry. of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. And once the AI turned up a 97% success rate in matching anagrams to modern words, the researchers then fed text from the first 10 pages of the Voynich manuscripts into it. The algorithm found that 80% of the encoded words appeared to be written in Hebrew, which, again, this is like a guess. This is, there's nothing yeah. that to, there's nothing that can lead us to a hundred percent believe that this is what it is because we had to kind of improvise and, you know, train an algorithm to decipher, you know, matching these like anagrams to modern word. It's like this whole complicated process, but they thought, why not give it a shot? Like let's let AI give it a, give it a try. And so they basically took the AI and then tried to translate it into English and they actually use Google translate very reliable to do it. But apparently it just they you know, they were able to make out like a few simple words and one phrase that was nothing like out of the ordinary. But otherwise, they don't know what it is. There's 20 percent at least that even with this method and computer program is completely some other language that we don't know. Wow, that is so weird. I mean, it's clearly some someone's language. 
No one would write something that long and just like gibberish. Just to fuck with people like people. Some people I'm sure think it's a big hoax, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. So a lot of people think it's just like somebody fucking with somebody else or, but it's like, it's too, why would they be doing that back then? And what they wouldn't waste their time back. Why then would people be that? buying that? Like the scholars back then, important people would no, not be wasting their money. Any, and time that doesn't make any it. sense to me. Wow. That is some weird shit. That's really creepy. Like looking at it is just so weird. The drawings are so confusing. The women are what's really getting me. Like, what are these women in the green water? And some people think it's like some of type it. of like, occult thing like it could be it could be some type of i don't know occult language or what though i really yeah i guess maybe or it could be some type of weird religious prayer book or something some type of just it's like it's demonstrating encyclopedia. something maybe oh it's my like gosh, an encyclopedia this is so weird or maybe what are it's, these holes it looks like pipes like women laying on pipes look it almost looks like a bathtub yeah, it's really weird, man. And Some it's people like think naked that women, um, and they all look pregnant, unless that's just how they were just drawing women <laughs> back then. Maybe, maybe women were just a little thicker, and it was okay back then. <laughs> but they all look like clones. They, yeah, they all look exactly, exactly the same. Though. The same. Why would they do that? Yeah, they have the same exact like curly. It almost looks like curly blonde hair. Oh, this is so trippy. So it looks like they're pregnant weird what if it's like what if it's like an aliens like notebook on humans some people think oh. because of all the star charts and everything in the Ooh. that this is some type Let's of like alien language type of and they're like liquid involved with the aliens oh that's creepy somehow we we got our hands on i don't it. know what this is man but that is weird or it's just like some type of like extensive novel written for like to be sold and you know, passed along over the generations, but 600 plus years mean? for this What book? are these pipes? It looks like they're sticking their hands into like blood vessels. Ew, this is so weird. It's what a very weird, weird episode. This episode's been weird as fuck. <laughs> Honestly, weird it's is been how we fun. like it. It has yeah. been fun. I love it. I, I want to do another one of these soon. Oh yeah. Let us know if we'll you guys like these ones. by giving us a thumbs up. I love some unexplained shit. It's just fun. At the end of the day, I love things that just leave my mind like, whoa, and racing like where, where, you know, it could be anything. I mean, it's just so crazy because it just, there's so much unexplained phenomena and events and mysteries on this planet that it's honestly like blows your mind just anytime you think about it. It's crazy. And there's so much we don't know. There's so much we don't know about the earth. There's so much we don't know about, you know, this metaphysical world Mm -hmm. and Totally. There's something else going on here, though. It's not just this base reality that we all know, you know, are in touch with every day. There's other things going on that we some of us get the ability to experience. So I don't know. It's it's crazy. So, yeah, let us know what you guys think about these things or if you've ever experienced any of these things firsthand. You know, maybe you you know how to decipher the voyage (laughs) manuscripts. Well, let us know if you've heard of any of these things before listening to the episode um, or if this was your first time hearing about some of these things. Because, yeah, before we done looked into these, I had really not heard of any of these before today. Super, super weird. This manuscript is really getting in the buzzer in the room, the like recording, the live stream. Yeah. So you uh, UVB. yeah, Yeah, that's weird, huh? Weird stuff. 
And uh, my favorite was the uh, zone of silence, obviously. Like I find yeah. that one so fascinating and yeah, maybe we should go there sometime. Yeah. Let's See if our there. phones work. Yeah. Try to send an Instagram from there or something. We'll just start. Try to tweet from there. And then we'll go searching for Bigfoot together. Okay. Sounds right. good. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All, All right, right, guys. Thanks for joining us today. Again, audio on Mondays and video on Wednesdays. So make sure you uh, subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already so that you can listen to that audio. And then you can go over to YouTube and watch it for a second time because I promise you it's always better the second time. So thank you guys for listening today. Hopefully you enjoyed it. We are uh, always happy to do these episodes. But yeah, until next time, guys, stay safe out there. And stay woke. We will see you next time.